your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this Monday evening, well, late afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. A reminder, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, Locked On 20, excuse me, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Um, this was a monstrous weekend for the hockey team in Pittsburgh, and they got four out of four points, and they did it in regulation. You know, there's that meme going around on Penguins Twitter, you know, you know, holy shit, you just lost to the Penguins in regu- regulation. That's embarrassing with, like, the crying emojis. Um, probably one of the best memes I've ever seen, uh, to be fair. If you guys have not seen it, um, I, you can just, I posted it. I think I went at the Flyers Twitter account the other day, I think. It was just, it, it's it's fun to post that meme. But anyways, um, it is it was very important for Pittsburgh to get these four points, um, especially after how they blew it against the Flyers on Thursday. They responded with a gigantic win on Saturday, 4-3, to three, coming back um, from one goal down, not once, but twice in that game, down one nothing, They made it 2-1, to one, and then the Flyers came back, made it 3-2. And then uh, Jared McCann makes it 4-3 in the third period. Um, I know he got hurt on Sunday's game against the Rangers, but... You know, since coming back, McCann is, he's looked really good, fellas. I mean, I think now three goals in the six games since his comeback. I think he had points in four of those five games. Uh, four out of six, if you include the game against the Rangers. Um, he's underappreciated by a lot of this fan base. I know some of the Penguins media um, have been kind of trying to run him out of town. You know, I, I love, obviously, Josh Yowie, his work at The Athletic. I disagreed with his stuff regarding McCann um, on one of his latest articles going into the trade deadline. I think he is more than serviceable. Um, you put him uh, at wing on the top six. You put him at center in the bottom uh, six with good wingers. Um, he's going to produce, and he's just looked like a completely different player since coming back. Hopefully he's not out for too long. Hopefully he's not out at all just because of how great he's been. He did not return to the game on Sunday against the Rangers. But I've really been impressed with McCann, his skating, his playmaking ability, and just his willingness to go to the net a lot more. Obviously, his biggest asset is his shot. It's always been like that. Even in Florida, before he came to the Penguins, he had a wicked shot. He brought that over here. You saw in his first season, he was scoring well. Then last year, um, scoring a bit to start the season, but then in the second half of the season, I think had one goal in 24 games or something like that. Just definitely not the normal that we, but not the norm, excuse me, that we've seen from McCann. But, you know, ever since his comeback this year, you know, like I said, three goals in the six games, four points in those six games overall. Um, you know, that McCann, Malkin, Kapanen line, the, the Penguins have something there. And I'm going to be curious to see what happens when Jason Zucker eventually comes back because other than McCann, he is the only injured Penguin player right now. You know, I, saw, I think I saw a tweet the other day like, wow, I'm looking at the lineup and it's like there's there's still a bit of holes here, but it's like, no, this is basically the team and it's just Jason Zucker is out. Yes, everyone, the Penguins are basically fully healthy right now, um, minus that top six winger. Uh, I don't know when Jason Zucker is going to come back. Um, there's obviously some lineup decisions that um, will – it'll be interesting with Mike Sullivan. Um, Colton Sevier was placed on waivers today. I don't know if he's going to get claimed. I wouldn't expect him to with how bad he's been. I guess he'll be reassigned to the taxi squad or the farm team, but that just goes to show you how bad Sevier has been this year and why it was so stupid for Jim Rutherford to take him in that deal with Mike Matheson for Patrick Hornquist. And don't worry, we will get to Mike Matheson 
later on. But, you know, other thoughts on that Flyers game. It was just a much more concrete effort, I think is my best way of saying it. You know, the Penguins, they controlled. Uh, the, un the underlying numbers were very much in their favor. They controlled the shot attempts, uh, more shots on goal, more high danger chances, more of the expected goals. Uh, more of the possession. They were just a better team on that Saturday against the Flyers. Um, a complete role reversal uh, from that Thursday game. And Tristan Jari, I, I thought he was okay in this game. That third goal he definitely wants back. That was like a 55-foot slapper from Gossespear. Maybe he thought it was going to get tipped on the way through, but you know, there's still not too much traffic in front of them. That's still a shot that he has to have back. Zach Ashton Reese gets another goal. A, a, a fluky one at that, you know, but he also had a pretty fluky one in Sunday's game that I'll get to later. But I think now overall he has five goals since coming back from injury from last season. Um, I'm going to keep saying it, everyone. He is the most underappreciated and undervalued player on this team. He does everything so well when it comes to penalty killing. You can put him on the second power play if need be. His even strength numbers, his defensive play in the defensive zone, just his puck handling ability in the offensive zone. Everything he does is just so underrated. And he is he is the glue, uh, I would say, on that line with Teddy Bluger and Brandon Tanev. You take him away, you know, those two players struggle. So I've really been impressed with Ashton Reese's game. And I'm really curious to see how he continues to play moving forward just because this has been, you know, I think so far his best season um, as an NHLer. Another player that I'm surely going to talk about a lot on this episode, Evgeny Malkin. I think it's safe to say, everyone, that he's back. Um, you know, that's two straight games that he scored. I think now he has nine points in his last nine games. Uh, he just, there's a lot more jump into his step. And, you know, he made Brian Elliott look like a complete idiot on that goal. I think that tied the game on the power play. Just basically froze him for about 30 seconds and then did the wraparound. Elliott didn't even move. He just, he knew, he was like, oh, well, you know, I lost that one just because Malkin made him look like an idiot. And, you know, I will say, don't sleep on that pass made by Sidney Crosby that got Malkin the puck. That was one hell of a dish. Um, from the point, you know, that's something that we haven't seen a lot of on the Penguins power play. You know, Sidney Crosby playing the point. We're used to that hashtag Sid down low, as some people from Penguins Twitter have always said throughout the years. I touched on that on the Pittsburgh um, post game live with Mac Dyka, who does stuff for Pittsburgh hockey now, like I do. I always love doing those. I mean, I'm going to keep, I think I'm going to start doing them every Saturday with him. So be sure to tune in for those. But, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing more of Sid on the uh, point for the power play, but you know I, I still like seeing him down low just because his vision from um, behind the net is next to none in the league. But I'm just I'm really liking Evgeny Malkin's game right now. There's none of those glaring turnovers that you saw earlier on in the season. None of those bad defensive lapses that you've seen. You know with his line getting hemmed in there. I think controlling most of the shot attempts per sixty each night with his with Kapanen. They're controlling more of the expected goals, the high danger chances, etc. That line has really turned into something. And you know let's talk about Kasperi Kapanen. He has six goals now um, on the year for Pittsburgh. He's almost that breakaway specialist where every time he comes in one on one with a goalie, he's going to score just because he's so quick. It just I think it fools goalies with how quick he goes in that they just don't have the time to react for when he shoots it and it's already right past the goaltender. So I'm honestly at the point now, everyone, where I'd be pretty surprised if Kapanen didn't score on a breakaway um, as he was coming in. But still, you know, they have instant chemistry. You saw that pass last night from Kapanen on that two-on-one. I think that was the goal that made it. Um, was it 4-1 or 5 It was one of the two, and he just put it on a, a thread for Gino, and he, he wasted no time at getting that uh, puck into that. Again, you know, I'm really liking their games right now. I still think um, Rutherford paid a bit too high of a price to get Kapanen, but, you know, he's almost averaging a point per game right now. This is a good player. This is exactly the 
type of season that everyone was hoping he would have after his first season in Toronto where he was just electric, just like this one. He took a step back last season. But the captain that we've been getting so far, you know, this is, it's making me feel a bit better about the price given up. But still, like I said, I still feel like it was a bit of an overpay. Um, speaking of others about the Flyers game, I know I already touched on Jared McCann, but what a goal that he had. Um, had that somersault celebration after the, the uh, Brandon Tanev had that original shot on net. They came in with such speed. Elliott had no chance on that game winner. And then, of course, you know, Brian Russ gets gets a, another goal. You know, he's just, he always goes to the front of the net. He's one of their best net front presences on this team. I always love to see Russ score. And again, said, you know, two assists in that game and then scored in the Rangers game. We're going to get to the Rangers game in the next segment. But overall for that game, much needed two points. They ended up tying the Flyers in the standings, get to two and three against them on the year. There's only five, three games left against the Flyers this year, you know, somehow. Um, you know, when I watch the Flyers play against Pittsburgh, I still think the Penguins are the better team. I obviously like the Flyers with their depth and, you know, Carter Hart, but he just, he's been struggling this year. I, I know Flyers fans are quick to defend Carter Hart because he's their goalie of the future and is going to be there for a long time. But you look at his goal save above expected or goal save above average. Um, he's, I think, at the bottom of the league. It has not been good this year for him. But, you know, I think the Flyers also probably need another defenseman. I think a couple people saying they want to go after Matias Ekholm and stuff like that. But if the Penguins and the Flyers were to play in a playoff series, I think I would go Penguins in seven as of right now. I think if they made even an upgrade, you know, I might even put that up to six games, but I still feel like it, it would maybe be a 50-50 shot, but I would much prefer taking the Penguins. I think they're deeper, uh, they play a more structured game, and I just don't trust an L.A. Vigno team in the playoffs. But coming up in the next segment, we will touch on um, thoughts about the Rangers game and why, again, you know, another huge game for the Penguins as they look to get their season back on track. So stay with me through this next commercial break. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So complete domination by the Penguins on Sunday night against the New York Rangers. A 5-1 to one win. Um, you know, the, the first 15 minutes were bad. I, I'll say that, you know, I'm basically just a, a meme at this point. When I say one thing, bad thing about the Penguins and they just go and do something positive, you know, that's, I, I said the, the first 15 minutes, they look like dog shit. And then basically two seconds later, they scored. And, you know, John Marino gets his first goal of the season. It's so funny when Danny of the Penn's blog, Shirey Irving on Penguins Twitter decided to write about John Marino and his really bad underlying numbers. I think in almost every defensive category, he ranks sixth among Penguins D-men or worse. I think an expected expected goals per hour, expected goals against per hour, five on five points per hour, possession and all that. And then he goes and have two of like his best games of the season. And I think on the Flyers game, his like expected goals for percentage was like a hundred percent. And then last night, you know, his underlying numbers again were great. You know, he just looks more comfortable again with Marcus Pedersen. Um, as his defensive partner, I thought Pedersen enjoyed a much better performance on Sunday than he did on Saturday. He took three freaking penalties. Um, on Saturday, that was just—I don't know what Pedersen was doing in that game. But then you know, plays him with Marino again. They just haven't played a lot this season, and they looked much more comfortable together. I just, you know, I think Marino just likes playing with Pedersen more, just because he's like that safety blanket for him almost. Um, and Mike Matheson is anything but a safety blanket. He's great in one end, and then so terrible in the other end. But still, gets his first goal of the season. I think that was only his fourth or fifth point overall for the Penguins this year. It has been a very tough year from Reno, after, especially after signing that contract extension. But again, a step in the right direction for him. I was really impressed with that performance last night. Hopefully he can keep that going and they keep giving him and Pedersen um, actual top four minutes and they don't give that to Matheson and CeCe. Though I, still, I think Cody CeCe deserves those kind of minutes. Just Definitely not 
Mike Matheson. Um, other players, again, you know, Kapanen gets his sixth goal. That breakaway was awesome. That was the one that made 2-1. And then Sidney Crosby, that was a vintage Sidney Crosby goal. Just basically whacks the puck as it's on edge. He, he didn't even shoot it. He just whacked it past Georgiev. Makes a 3-1. Three goals in the span of a minute and one, in one second. That is the fastest any team has scored three goals this season. In the Penguins, they scored three goals in 71 seconds. Um... A couple games before that against Flyers, they they beat that record now with three goals in 61 seconds for this game. So the Penguins just can't seem to help themselves with um, setting new records this season, no matter what it is. But still, you know, they, the Penguins like to score goals in bunches. They did just that. And then for the rest of the game, the, the commitment to team, team defense, that is the best I think I've seen the Penguins play team defense um, all year. You know, I, I don't think I counted um, more than a couple high danger chances for the Rangers after that first period, just the Penguins really clamped down on them. They held them to just 24 shots. Um, I think Zibanejad hit the post um, on a 2-1-1. But other than that, there just wasn't a lot going for the Rangers. They obviously are missing Artemi Panarin. You know, he's taking that leave of absence due to that report. Um, you know, it, it looks like a fabricated report to me, but I, I don't really, I'm not really sure. The details of it are really sketchy right now. I'm not really sure when he's going to come back to the team, but like I said, you could definitely feel the Rangers were missing his presence um, last night. Uh, but also when you watch the Rangers, there's not a lot of Capo Caco, Alexei Lafreniere. I think Lafreniere, I don't even, does he even have 10 points this season? But just, he, we've watched him in five games so far. And he just has not been noticeable for someone who's the number one pick. I know, everyone, it's very, very early. This could all change um, for the rest of the season or, you know, in his sophomore campaign. But him and Capococco have not um, been good, I would say, so far in their respective careers as they were picked, you know, number one and number two in consecutive draft classes. But, you know, there's still plenty of time. So we'll see if they can get it together moving forward. I already touched on the Evgeny Malkin goal. Again, you know, I just, I, I fully think Gino is back now, guys. He, he has his mojo back. He's moving with authority. He's making players look silly with his skating and his puck moving ability. Um, he just, I think he just needed a little bit of time. I think with a full training camp, we would have seen a different Gino to start the season. But now that we're 20 something games in, I think it's what, like 24 now? You know, he's, he's fully locked in. This is the Evgeny Malkin this team will need if they want to not only make the playoffs, but make a Stanley Cup run as well. Well, so great to see Malkin and Kapanen again playing well. Zach Aston-Reese, like I said, he gets another goal. That's his fifth goal of the season. It looked like it wasn't going to count at first because he basically batted the puck down with his glove. But then, you know, I think like a millisecond later, he basically just puts it um, past uh, Keith Kincaid. I couldn't even believe Keith Kincaid uh, was in the league. I forgot that Igor Shesterkin um, was not playing yesterday due to a... Um, an injury that he suffered a couple games before that. I wouldn't expect him to play on Tuesday either, but he was able to squeak it past Keith Kincaid. Penguins were able to win that game 5-1, to one, and now they are t uh, tied for third in the East Division. The these last two games, the way the because they won them in regulation, it basically just changes the Penguins' uh, season in the blink of an eye. A snap of your fingers is another way to say, you know. Uh, I think the point projections now, the Penguins um, are projected to have 67 points. If I saw that from Adam Gretz right, that's one less than the Flyers. But, you know, they still have to play Buffalo eight times. And the Penguins will finally have that shot to play Buffalo later this week. Actually, uh, Thursday and Saturday, they will travel to Buffalo. The two of their four road games this month, 
they will have knocked out of the way. Um, everyone keeps asking, well, why are the Islanders in first place in the East? They're 6-0 against the Sabres, people. It's not that hard. You take away a couple of those games as losses, or you take away all those games in general if they haven't even played Buffalo, um, I think they're right around where the Penguins would be right now, or even lower. So, um, the Penguins have not had their fun with Buffalo yet. We'll see if they do have their fun, considering the Penguins love to play down to shitty competition. The Sabres are the worst team in hockey right now. The Penguins cannot afford to drop points or just honestly drop games to that team. Those have to be regulation or overtime wins. You don't even need... It doesn't even matter that much because Buffalo is not going to make the playoffs. As long as you beat them, that's what matters. But just win the game in regulation or overtime, uh, preferably regulation because the Buffalo has just been so bad. I think they've lost 12 of their last 14. Um, there's a Buffalo beat writer that's calling uh, – talked to the general manager, I think, on the Friday news conference calling the team a disgrace. It's just – it's a bad time up there. And I think on Elliot Freeman's 31 Thoughts podcast today, he talked about if Jim Rutherford could be as a consultant to Kevin Adams up there or a president of hockey op. So, you know, that'd be great. You know, maybe they'll trade us Jack Eichel for Mike Matheson or something like that. But the Penguins, because uh, the Flyers lost in regulation yesterday, the Penguins now two points clear of them. I know the Flyers have a couple games in hand, but at worst, the Penguins would only be two points behind them if the Flyers won those two games that they had in hand on them. So things are looking more up right now for Pittsburgh. Three of their last four have been wins. They needed those results. Obviously, if they would have gotten that result on Thursday, we'd be a lot happier right now. But a win is a win. They're now 4-1 and one against the Rangers this season. They'll try to make it 5-1 to one on Tuesday. Remember, everyone, this is a 6 o'clock start. So perfect time. You want to make an early dinner, sit down on the couch with your family, your girlfriend, your kids, you know, just with your siblings, something like that. Make dinner, have it be done by six o'clock and then you can watch the game. It ends at 830. It's an extra hour. So that, that that's that's the best I think. I, I like those six o'clock starts. We haven't had a lot of them. I don't even think we've had any of them for Pittsburgh, but I, I would like more of those moving forward. I think most people at that time are home from work anyway. Uh, but to close off this segment, I guess I'll touch a little bit of the negative. There's not a lot of negative about this team right now after these last two games especially, but Mike Matheson again has been really bad these last couple games. Um, especially that he was the direct culprit of that uh, Mika Zibanejad goal, the goal that opened the scoring for the Rangers not even two minutes into the game. No idea why he was making that pinch, and then Zibanejad just made Casey DeSmith look bad on that goal. But it's just like he has no defensive awareness. Move him to forward already is my biggest thing. Um, I cannot watch Mike Matheson play defense anymore. It, it is that bad. He is that much of a tire fire in his own end. Um, he just he doesn't have like that offensive ability or capability. I think to make up for those defensive errors. And you know, he signed for six more years, five more years, whatever the hell it is at this point at like 4.8 million. So the hope this team has fun with that contract at some point already touched on Colton Sevier on waivers. This trade looks worse and worse. And then, oh yeah, Sam Lafferty made that blunder against the Flyers on Saturday. I'll close with that before going um, to the commercial break. Uh, he was scratched yesterday against the Rangers, and rightfully so. Sam Lafferty does not bring really anything to the lineup. But, you know, some people that cover the team and, you know, some uh, some fans mainly will be like, well, he's fast. He does this. He does that. It's like, look at like his NHL sample. He has like 14 points in like 70 games, like six goals in 70 games. I mean, people talk about how this guy's like a top nine winger or something like that. He's he's not a good player. He's good as a 13th forward. You don't want him playing every um, night for this team, especially if they want to go um, and win a championship. So I am glad that he was scratched, and I think he's going to be scratched moving forward. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Before we do get to the listener takeaways, it is time to talk about 
Built Bar, and there is something different going on with Built Bar this month. We've been telling you about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while. It's an amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. It's an amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. But now is the time to find out which Built Bar it is the best. This is called Built Bar Madness. So there's some matchups in the round of 32. Churro Puff, Apple Almond Crisp, Peanut Butter versus Raspberry, German Chocolate versus Salted Caramel, Mocha versus Birthday Cake. You get, well, WC Birthday Cake, excuse me. Lemon Almond Cheesecake's going up against Carrot Cake with Walnuts. Caramel Brownie's going against Cherry Barkia. Orange versus Peanut Butter. Banana Nut Bread versus Toffee Almond. You know, just go, go and vote on these. So go to BuiltBar.com or you can go to their Twitter at Built underscore bar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order. That is locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won the matchups and who will become the best tasting protein bar. And also, we cannot forget about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. It even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. It has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up for. You can head to the website, betonline.ag, or use a mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 50% off. Welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code locked on. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's get to those listener takeaways. I am going to do uh, mainly the Rangers one, but I'll also go do the Flyers, some of the Flyers ones as well. Ryan King says for the Rangers game, Kapanen continues to show he can do it all. Ashton is the most underappreciated player on this team. You know, Ryan, thank you for saying that. I'm glad I don't sound like a moron um, when I talk about Zach Ashton Reese on this podcast. I've been saying it for weeks now. You know, I'm glad people are starting to believe me and, you know, keep watching him more in depth. You know, he, he is so underappreciated with what he does. On that line. And yeah, Kalpanen's been great ever since, you know, being inserted on that Geno line. Never put him back with Sidney Crosby. And it's just so funny. Everyone says, you know, oh, this, this winger's going to look great with Crosby. Evgeny Malkin just keeps taking his wingers. So I, I always find that funny every time they trade for a top six winger. Iris AJ says, Doom and Latang are so good together. Rocks all the last two games. Hope this continues. And then Kalpanen trade is looking so good. Yeah, I think a lot of people haven't realized how, just how good that pairing is. It's probably one of the top five best top pairings, I think. In the league, um, Dumoulin just allows Latang to do his thing. You know, he just kind of roams in the offensive zone. Dumoulin is like that steady presence on the back end that will cover if Latang has like a mishap pinching or just a bad read or something like that. They they feed off each other, and Dumoulin's skating looks unreal right now. Um, he this is I think the best I've seen Dumoulin look. I know it's a two game sample, but this is the best I've seen him look. Um, in a couple of years, he hasn't looked himself um, ever since that ankle injury, I think in what, 2019, early 2020, something like that. But, you know, the, these last couple games, you know, this is the Doomland that we saw in 2016 and 2017 and even 2018. This is a player that has not played a lot of hockey lately due to so many injuries that he suffered. But if he can stay healthy, this will also greatly improve the Penguins' chances of not only making the playoffs, but going on a run. He is that important to this team. And he's been great on the penalty kill as well. You know, that long reach of his is just such a huge asset. 
Um, Alex Stevens says, is it too soon to say we've turned a corner this season? Yes, Alex, let, let's pump the brakes a little bit. You know, they've won three out of four, but let's see how they do this week. If they can sweep the Rangers, sweep the Sabres, I think that's what, six wins out of their last seven? Then let's say if they, let's say they've turned the corner. You know, I think it's a little bit too soon, but I think we're getting there. Uh, yes, the last two games have been our best performances so far. Malkin is back to his best, and Kappen has finally found his place on the team on the second line. And I 100% agree with all your points. I mean, yeah, these two games, this is these last two games have been Penguins hockey, I think. You know, they, and I know they struggled a little bit in that first 15 minutes against the Rangers, but those last 45 minutes, um, that was Penguins hockey in a nutshell, that Flyers game, you know, one of their best efforts of the season. I think I saw from Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, you know, c- circle that one right there against the Flyers, the regulation win if they make the playoffs at the end of the season. Um, a couple more here. Uh, Gilbert the Goat says, can we get that every night? Yeah, I, I know, Gilbert. I-, I I wish the Penguins could play like this every night. Captain Malkin looked quite good. Crosby, well, he does Crosby things. All-around great performance. Only real negative I can take away is the power play not shooting again, though it didn't look awful. Honestly, yeah, the power play hasn't looked bad the last couple of games. They had that power play goal against the Flyers. Um, last night against the Rangers, they had a couple they, they could have put them away, but I like the movement a lot better, I would say, the last couple games. They're getting some good scoring looks, but you know, the goalies are also making some good saves. You know, they're not being one and done in the offensive zone that we've seen. Um, for a lot of this season. Alan Toyota says, what a huge weekend for Pittsburgh, especially with the Flyers' loss to Washington. I agree about Gino and Kappen, and both have looked great. Zach Ashton-Reese has weird goals on back-to-back days. I'll take it. Sidney Crosby is still really good at hockey. What a goal. Yeah, Sidney Crosby is really good at hockey. What a time to be alive. And yeah, Zach Ashton-Reese, he's, just, he's going to the front of the net, and he's getting that greasy goals um, that he just he hasn't done a lot for this career. And then I'll end with... Um, Philip Cox, to Smith should play more, not to burn out Jari. I mean, I, I can see that, you know, but I do think they want to ride Jari out a lot right now with how great he's been these last 10 starts. Um, he's definitely going to get the start on Tuesday, but I would not be surprised as well if he gets, uh, if DeSmith gets a start um, against Buffalo. I think he can win a start against Buffalo or multiple starts against Buffalo. But yes, I agree it's a marathon, not a sprint. He'll probably take a little bit, uh, a few starts away from Jari, but I think... Through the stretch down the season, I think you are going to see Jari in net more than DeSmith. CC looks better than expected. Yeah, I mean he look he's steady every single night. I, I'm not going to complain about Cody CC until he gives me a, a moment to complain about the fourth line is a mess. And I like Lafferty and Wilkesbury, but he's not ready. And he ends with I don't think the depth is there when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean I agree, Philip. They need to go out and get another forward, whether it's one for the bottom six, whether it's one for the top six. Um, obviously, when Zucker comes back, that pushes someone like a Lafferty or, you know, a Sevier or a Jankowski out of the lineup. Evan Rodriguez, of course, came back. But, you know, this team is still another forward away, I think, from being a true contender. If you take Mark Jankowski out when everyone's healthy, <clears throat> excuse me, and you put, you know, a guy like Kyle Palmieri in there or, you know, a Getty Dadnov or something like that, suddenly this team looks really formidable. Or even, you know, someone like Ricard Raquel from the Ducks, you know, they can roll out four lines, you know, just almost as good as any team in the league. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind that at all. But, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Lafferty just isn't it. He needs to be sent to the taxi squad or just he needs to keep being scratched because he they, that play, that, that turnover that he had at the blue line, that is just not an NHL play. Just dump the puck in that next time and just let a forward go get it. I don't know what he was doing there. Uh, we'll do a few here for the Flyers, one before I call it an episode. Alex Stevens says, a mature performance to see out the game in a must-win scenario. McCann has really delivered since he returned to the team. An upgrade on Jankowski would make me feel more comfortable that we will make the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, he just, this is now 18 games in a row or 20 games in a row that Jankowski has not done anything. He had two quality looks against the Rangers last night, but those were his best chances that he's had since the Flyers game. 
Uh, but yeah, that was a must-win scenario. It's as close to, honestly, a must-win game as you're going to get during the regular season, and they sure got it. Uh, Mr. Know-It-All says, welcome back to your game, Gino. Keep it going. Jari was all good, but one he wants back. How about Marcus Pedersen? Five to the, Matheson to the fourth line for 14. They put two and 50 in. Yeah, honestly, you know, if Mike Matheson keeps up these bad plays and they continue against the Rangers, it would not be surprising to see if someone like Yusso Rikula or Chad Ruedel comes in the lineup. I honestly might advocate it for it at this point. I just don't think Matheson's doing enough at either ends of the ice. Um, to be a staple in the lineup every single night. I obviously know the team uh, paid a hefty price to get him uh, just because they traded away Patrick Hornquist, who's done so well um, in Florida, but I just I don't think he's worth it right now. Um, Johan S. says Gino is back. Um, Jesse Malecki says this game had like several games this season, had long stretches of good play and control. Then out of the blue, a bad turnover or penalty compounded by inability to get a save to make up for it. Feels like every five minutes we get wild fluctuations from we get this to what the fuck was that? Yeah, that's basically I think every game this season almost for the Penguins except for their stinkers. They'll have so many great moments of really good play at 5v5. Then you'll get like that Sam Lafferty play or, you know, that uh, Mike Madison play the other night where it's like, what the hell is going on here? And why do they keep making um, these stupid mistakes? But yeah, I think that basically sums up a lot of games uh, for the season for the Penguins. But I really appreciate you all sending in these listener takeaways. We'll continue to do more of that uh, moving forward. And this week, I think I'm going to get some, ta- um, not some listener takeaways, but I'm going to get some potential listener trade scenarios for what you guys would give up in a potential trade for a player like Raquel, Calpermary, or who else is on the trade market. As we are now about a month away from the trade deadline. It's it's come up pretty quick. We are two full months away from the last game of the regular season, peeps. You know, the, the playoffs are coming, and they're coming quick. So we're getting into the fun stretch of the season here. But thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Tomorrow night, I'll be back with an, a recap episode of the game against the Rangers uh, before some more episodes later on in the week. So talk to you all then. I hope you all have a great rest of your day.